Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tiny Activist Podcast. My name is Alyssa, and I will be your host. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we interview local activists on their journey and look at their local work addressing various world issues faced by both humanity and the environment. I hope to equip you with relevant knowledge, resources, and tools so that you can go out into the world and help make it a better place. Welcome back to our third episode of the Tiny Activist Podcast. Before we start, I just want to acknowledge the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lenape Walk, and Attawandrum peoples who have lived, cultivated, and prospered on this land for thousands of years. I want to acknowledge the hardships and tribulations that Indigenous people have experienced and continue to experience from the colonization of this land and commit this podcast to bringing awareness to the continued injustices faced by Indigenous peoples. Today, I am joined by someone who I've looked up to since my first year of university. Jordan and I first connected through intramural flag football, but I've also had the privilege of working with her on the executive team for WaterAid Western, a chapter which she founded and which I currently hold the position of VP Events for. She's also been a delegate and presenter at several United Nations conferences, including the Friendship Ambassadors Foundation Youth Assembly, and Jordan is currently pursuing her master's degrees in Brussels, Belgium, studying Diplomacy Global Governance. <laughs> Welcome, Jordan. Hey, Alyssa. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. I'm super excited. We get to chat, and I know the time difference, but we found time, so. Yeah, it's <laughs> great to jump into it. And see what you've been up to with WaterAid and everything recently. But yeah, six hours ahead in Belgium, but you woke up early. Yeah, yeah it was worth it. Um, so firstly, could you just tell us a little bit, broadly speaking, about yourself and your journey to activism? What sort of issues resonate with you and when did you start advocating for them? Yeah, so I've always grown up being passionate about activism. Uh, I was always in tune with what was going on in the world and cared deeply about other people. When I got to Western University in my undergrad, I studied political science and started to learn more about the complex challenges that we face um, on a daily basis in not only our own communities, but also the world. Uh, I started getting really interested in sustainable development, which led me to get involved with the Friendship Ambassadors Foundation and attend the Youth Assembly. This is where they focused on the sustainable development goals, which targeted um, different spheres, including the environment and human rights. I'm particularly passionate about climate change as well as uh, gender empowerment. Uh, this led me to start WaterAid Western, which we were both a part of, which is a NGO uh, focused on providing sustainable water and hygiene solutions to communities in need. Since then, I've gotten involved with the Join Together Network, where uh, with you as well, we are actually able to present to the plenary a solution for sustainable development, which you can implement in your local community. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, we did. I haven't divulged this information, but we did go to the Join Together conference together. And um, Jordan did, air quotes, hire me for WaterAid Western. And so, like, it kind of goes back to, like, her empowering people and just, like, locally me as, like, a young first, second year student um, taking me on these experiences and, like, opening up my eyes and starting my activism journey. So thank you for that. Um, so you mentioned that you you, you founded WaterAid. Um, 
why did you want to start a club and did you experience any barriers? I know a lot of people would think, wow, starting a club is like crazy, but how was that experience for you? It was a very tedious experience, but it was very much worth it. After attending, um, it was the United Nations Department of Public Information and Non-Governmental Organizations Conference. I had the privilege of attending the, um, I believe it was the 65th chapter of that in New York City. Uh, this was a very eye-opening experience where I actually became connected with WaterAid and saw the good work that they were doing. Returning to campus that fall, I saw that there was a gap within organizations and clubs on campus that you could get involved in, and I did not see one cater to sustainable development, which is something that I was passionate about. I believed that there would be like-minded students and like-minded individuals who felt the same way as I, which is why I wanted to start this group so that we could make an impact and connect like-minded individuals working towards a cause. Was there barriers? Yes. The biggest thing that I was afraid of was how best can we make an impact with this group? It's very difficult to start a club, bring a chapter on campus and get people involved. And also to do effective work as well. We're trying to make a difference on a global scale, but starting in our local community. And this scared me as to how best we can be effective and useful for helping people um, who need it the most. But what was great is that this group came together amazing like-minded individuals who brought it another level above water aid. Not only was it about raising funds and raising awareness and helping this organization, but it was starting the conversation about sustainable development, climate change, how youth can get involved, which then led us to the Join Together Network Conference at the United Nations headquarters, where we actually presented to the plenary um, about sustainable development solutions. And then we also signed the UN Together Action Charter, a non-legally binding treaty of the UN, as one of the seven founder universities committing not only us, but our university and our chapter to working towards the 2030 SDGs. So yes, there were barriers, but I would say all in all, um, great chapter, so worth it. And we have had an impact. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, and it's been like two years out now. And, and so mm -hmm. you've left the, left your legacy and, and me and my colleague Eunice, we've been, we've been working on trying to get it off its feet. And, and I would agree, we've been trying to tackle the SDGs and we've been able to be a representative for the climate crisis coalition at Western, which is something new and upcoming. So yeah, it's been a great experience and hopefully we'll leave a legacy for, um, for Western when we leave. Um, so I just want to back up a little bit and maybe ask you how you got involved with specifically the United Nations, um, like before joined together and before WaterAid. How did that kind of occur? So this was through the Friendship Ambassadors Foundation. Um, they have this amazing program for young activists looking to get involved. They have campus, um, basically campus representatives and campus delegates in many different countries. So I actually, one of my colleagues at Western was 
our Canadian chapter uh, youth ambassador. And I connected with her because she as well was very passionate about this line of work. And she uh, invited me to attend one of the earlier sessions of the youth assembly uh, as one of her members of her delegation. From there, I was able to attend the United Nations headquarters. I met with world leaders, ambassadors, NGOs, um, so many different actors in international relations who are very passionate about sustainable development. And that's where I was truly able to get connected. So I'm so grateful and thankful for this program, um, for allowing me as a youth to get involved which then escalated further. From there, I got involved with WaterAid. Uh, I got involved with the United Nations Department of Public Information, and uh, I believe it's now the United Nations Department of Global Communications. Uh, since we are moving in a more global world, uh, I attended their UNDPI NGO conference, met with human rights ambassadors, human rights lawyers, uh, climate activists, and I think I've attended three more conferences um, along this line, along these lines since then. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, yeah. So on the topic of like your United Nations and, and your NGO conferences, um, what was the biggest takeaway from your experience or for, for people who obviously haven't, not everyone has the opportunity to go to these things? What, what would you say is your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway, and this is also something that I've been studying in my master's program as well. I'm in diplomacy and global governance, and I've really seen the value of giving a platform to diverse voices, diverse ideas, and having people from all spheres, all walks of life coming together to make a difference about issues that they are passionate about or are relevant in their everyday community. I will never forget my first conference at the United Nations and seeing young people from countries all over the world. There was a, a boy, I'll, I remember it so vividly, he was there on behalf of Kashmir and he actually advocated for the conflict that was going on in his country and he was so passionate about this because this was something he was experiencing every day. And then we had delegates and ambassadors from all over Africa, Europe, Middle East, Asia, and everyone had a unique experience and a unique perception on how we can tackle these issues. And I think giving a seat at the table to so many unique and diverse individuals, especially young people, was incredible and is so important. Yeah, I completely agree. And and yeah, being at the conferences, it's like it, it's like an out-of-body experience when you're meeting all of these people who who are from such diverse different cultural backgrounds and you're connecting with them because you're all relating over these like issues that you're all passionate about. So yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah. Um, so you, you spoke a little bit about your master's on global governance and diplomacy. Um, maybe you could give some insight into what sort of things you'll be doing in your master's and how they maybe tie into the bigger picture of your activism. Mm -hmm. um, this program is a really unique program. So I'm studying, it's called Vesalius College. It's in partnership with VUB, uh, which is the University of Brussels and Boston University. So it has uh, a little bit of European, North American influence, but it's a liberal arts 
uh, school. And within the program, we focus on diplomacy and global governance. So we take a look at international organizations such as the United Nations, the World Bank, the WTO, how they function. Um, we also look at diplomacy, how it's necessary for interstate relations and how these tools can be used to tackle global issues. Uh, what's really interesting with this program is that we are located in Brussels, which is the headquarters for many global organizations. We have NATO here, we have the EU, um, many NGOs are located here as well. So we get to benefit from having proximity to these organizations, meeting people. I've met so many people who are working for NATO, who are so like-minded uh, and want to do the same kind of work as me. What's also great is that with this program, you have the flexibility to study the things that you are passionate about. I'm actually writing my thesis paper on female policymakers and climate change to see if there is a correlation between ambitious climate goals and um, willingness to partake in global uh, conferences on climate change uh, with the proportion of female leaders that you have making policy or in uh, policy making positions within a state's government. So this is super interesting because it ties together my work on uh, women's rights, women in leadership, and also climate change. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to see what you find. I, I'm like, I'm very optimistic that you're going to find some amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, we've seen such great female leaders with um, the prime minister of New Zealand. She had such, um, she's, she's a great leader. <laughs> so I, I definitely look up to these women in, in positions of power and want to see if this impacts um, states' willingness to commit to ambitious climate reduction goals. Wow. Yeah, that, that is interesting work. That's awesome. Um, this is kind of, again, going back to WaterAid um, mm -hmm. and, and you founding the club. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to know if you have any advice for like listeners who, who want to get involved locally and maybe that looks like starting a club or maybe it looks like joining a club, but do you have any advice for on listeners how they can get involved in their community? Of course. I think what people are unsure of where to begin looking. And I think that first you need to find what it is that you're passionate about. Find what resonates with you. For example, if you have maybe one of your peers um, has a lower income and needs to access food support services, or you've noticed that the drinking water within your community isn't adequate, or you have um, indigenous groups on campus that you feel are underrepresented, or you're very passionate about climate change, find what it is that you're passionate about and what interests you and then start thinking about even just small ways of how to get involved. One of the biggest things is even starting the conversation because for you, you might say, oh, I'm really interested in that, but I'm not sure if anyone else will be. I assure you, once you start talking about it and you educate people, I feel as though if you're passionate about it, you can help other people want to get involved too. Um, there's also 
there are already established organizations in a lot of communities. I know um, Canada has really a great population of young climate activists and ways to get involved. We have Fridays for Future, um, 365.org. So there are some great groups you can get involved with. If you find a gap on your campus or say you find an organization that you like, with me, with WaterAid, I wanted to bring it to my campus. I just contacted the group, said, hey, look, I want to start a chapter. They provided me the support that I needed, and it was a great process. So first, find what you're passionate about, and then start thinking about the steps that you can take to get involved, whether it's starting your own group or joining other groups already established. Yeah, that's great advice. And yeah, I've, I've found even when I've reached out to Water Aid or like many other organizations like Climate Reality Project, mm -hmm. if you are like a youth and you're, you're passionate and you're willing to put in work, they will always be there to support you or help you or help you start a club, whatever that may be. So yeah, all of these organizations are great and they want youth to be engaged. So that's so exactly. important. And don't be afraid to start. It's, you'll have support. You'll be able to to, you know organize what you need to do and what I say is when there's a will there's a way if you can't if you can't have a seat at the table make your own mm -hmm. if you've noticed a gap create an organization that will fill that gap and when you are determined and you are passionate you can make things happen Exactly. And that's something that I've learned from you. You've been such a good role model of making space and taking my opportunities when I, when I need to. So I appreciate that. Um, okay. So I want to kind of shift gears here. So this past summer, we've obviously seen a lot of the injustices faced by Indigenous peoples. We just had Orange Shirt Day, um, as well as people of color, especially Black people with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I feel very privileged to have this platform and it's so important to spread awareness and like you said, start the conversation on these injustices and as we know climate and the climate crisis and, and gender equality and, and race is all interconnected and, and there's a very complex intersection. So I was hoping that maybe we could just talk a little bit about this and anything that you gained this past summer or from your experience in Belgium that would be worth sharing. Mm -hmm. You've summed it up everything is so intersectional climate race gender everything is very connected and it's important to acknowledge that especially when you are doing work within this field um this past summer has been such an educational moment for me uh i again i acknowledge how privileged i am to be in this position and my biggest takeaway is listening to people, listening to their stories, listening to what they've gone through, providing a platform for other diverse voices to be heard. I've acknowledged that I'm uh, in a position of privilege where I have had opportunities that a lot of other people do not get. So if I can, as I go along my journey, if I can open up doors for other people, and lift people up and help them in that way that is so important and i think that's extremely crucial um, if we are going to move towards a more equitable society uh, i think that educating yourself is extremely important and knowing that you cannot have climate justice you cannot have racial justice if you don't have again racial justice climate justice 
justice for for uh, gender equality as well. I think everything is so interconnected. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. That's great advice. And yeah, I, it's been an educational experience for sure, and a lot of like self reflective reflection and like turning inwards and like, okay, where where do where do I stand? Where what is my place and what is my role here? And how can I, like you said, listen and lift up the voices that are surrounding me in our communities and in, right. Exactly. And globally. Um, deconstruct, I think one of the biggest things to is deconstruct the lens in which you previously viewed the world and start looking towards as cliche as it sounds, a better future where we do live in a more equitable society. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I talked about this in my intro, but um, there's this book that I read um, called Where to Begin by Clea Wade. And she just talks about like, if you're looking where to begin, like just start by being a better person, like start by having these tough conversations, like with your family. Um, so it, it all starts at home. And even at the, at the youth assemblies, the, the point that they really drove home is like change starts locally and you can't these topics are so overwhelming and so so much bigger than us but we have to start where we can make actual change so yeah um do you have any last words of wisdom or anything else that you wanted to touch on wow that's uh, a <laughs> broad <good>. question <laughs> <laughs> yes that's very broad I, I there's so many things that i would love to say to activists looking to make a change people who want to even get in the field of international relations and i think that the biggest thing is to know that you can make an impact know that you can make a difference youth we we are the future and we will be the generation to be able to make a change and envision the society that we want to live in i think that's so important to remember and not to doubt yourself if there was something that I could go and, and tell myself five years ago as a, a teenager starting my undergraduate studies. I would say, you know what? Quit, hurry up. <laughs> Get starting faster. Like the time is now to make a change. The time we've seen it, there's such a shift within even the international sphere of moving towards um, just more, a better society. And I think that it's up to youth and it's up to us to make a change that's less racial inequality reducing the impacts of climate change or working towards more of of a balanced gender gendered society where we see women in positions of power we see people in color in positions of power and and we are all working together to towards um reducing climate change and i think that the time is now and get involved find what you're passionate about and don't be afraid to get started i love that the time is now that's so amazing i'm gonna use that as the title <laughs> Time is now. Um, well, thank you so much for, for joining me on this episode and for sharing all of your insights. Like you've gone above and beyond as per usual. You've been such a role model and you always have great um, advice and, and learning experiences for me. So, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And something that I've also learned is that you won't get to where you need to be alone. Rely on the people around you, have support. Um, you 
and Eunice have been such good influences on me as well. All of the, the people on the WaterAid executive team, it was such a pleasure working with everyone. Everyone that I've met at these youth assemblies and at the United Nations have such have had such a profound impact on my life and, and my work. And I wouldn't be where I am today without the support and the guidance and the knowledge and really learning from others. So thank you. And again, you don't have to change the world by yourself. It takes everyone, but even the small effort that you can do will really make a difference. You're right. And that is the basis for this podcast. So thank, thank you for this. Yeah. Thank you for summing it up so well. And thank you for being on here and and thank you for your continued support in my personal and professional life. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, to the listeners as well, if you are looking to find ways to get involved or you're interested in my personal experience with activism, some of the conferences that I've attended, and also what I'm doing with my master's program, feel free to reach out. I'm sure Alyssa will share my contact information and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Of course, I will link that below in the description. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, hope all is well in Canada and goodbye from <laughs> Brussels. <laughs>Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tiny Activist Podcast. I love creating content for you guys. As this is my first time making a podcast and using this platform, I would love it if you left a comment, review, or suggestion. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more content. And you can also follow us on social media at Tiny Activist Podcast on Instagram and at Tiny underscore podcast on Twitter to stay up to date on episodes, guest speakers, and more. Thanks again for listening and catch you next time.